This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you. And of course, we are well out in front of the 2022 gubernatorial race here in Rhode Island. And believe me when I say that's something that we are going to be going pretty darn in depth on in terms of our coverage, breaking out some new stuff, some live events. It's all coming up in 2022. But today we welcome to B-Town, Rhode Island Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, who is in. She has announced her candidacy for governor. She's here today on the pod to tell you why she's running for governor, how she differs from Governor Dan McKee, what the next 18 or so months will look like for her in terms of her campaign, and what she's learned as Secretary of State that, that basically enables her to be a viable candidate for governor. So we're kind of getting into it. I mean, I think back to the first episode of season four back in January with Dan McGowan. He and I really did an in-depth look at who may be throwing their name into the, the ring for governor in 2022. So it's not like this is the first time we've broached the subject this year. Um, we are way out in front, though. I mean, let's be honest about it. At the same time, there's a lot of fundraising to be done. Secretary of State is not a household name in Rhode Island or probably anywhere except for even on, on the federal level, it may not be, right? <laughs> so a lot of work to be done, and we'll get right to it today. Welcoming in for, I think, the fourth or fifth time to B-Town, the one and only Nelly Gorbea, Secretary of State of Rhode Island. Okay, so Secretary of State Gorbea, you are, you're in. There's been a lot of speculation. This conversation really began like in 2018, standing inside the Biltmore Hotel at the Democratic Party on election night. But it's official. You're in. You're the first state officer to officially declare. Um, you've got Dr. Luis Daniel Munoz, who's also declared in the Democratic primary. But, you know, we can imagine that there'll be some others that are pretty well-known individuals here in the state that'll be jumping in. But you came out front very early why, why did you jump in already? Well, I think like you said, I mean, it's a pretty m well-known fact, uh, sort of who it is that's going to be running. And when I look at the field of candidates, I thought, you know, I think I can do better than they can uh, in terms of running the state. And, and so, you know, and I think that it's because of my experience. Um, you know, I'm running because I want to continue making government work for people and, and bring diverse voices to the table and connect people to opportunities that are going to help them thrive. That's not going to change, um, you know, for another year. Right. So the idea is get out now, try to collect fundraising dollars, endorsements, and just community support, community buy-in, name recognition as ahead of time, or is it, it, it's not a campaign strategy. In other words, you, you don't have to develop a campaign over the course of 18 months. It's just, why not be first? Why not try to get out there first? And, and why not, if you feel confident that you have, you know, the chops to do it, you know, this whole kind of like, Ooh, I'm raising money, but I don't really want to say, or maybe I'm thinking about, I, I I'm just not that kind of person. <laughs> um, you know, what you see is what you get. And yeah, I've been thinking about it. And a lot of people have been encouraging me to think about it very seriously, you know, and um, yeah, I'm running for governor in 2022. What would you say is the biggest difference surface level now, just for the average, you, you mentioned the cashier or something like that at Stop and Shop or, or uh, <laughs> Marshalls or whatever it was that came up to you and said, oh, you should run, whether that's anecdotal, real, whatever, regardless of that. And I, I, I believe, I believe you when you say it's real because Rhode Islanders, do pay attention. I know some other people have said, oh, that can't be true. I heard other interviews that can't be true. I believe it's real. But what what is someone who's on the surface level, 
what should they know that the biggest difference between you and Governor McKee is um, not even getting into the policy apparatus, just in terms of, of basics? It, it, it's it, the reason I think people are coming up to me in different venues and whether on the street or in the grocery store or you know, the hardware store is, is their experience with my office. It's, mm. And that's what I have. I, I have experience and I have delivered to Rhode Islanders an office of state government that works for them. It works for people. Uh, whether you're a small business owner and you want to maintain and grow your business, you'll find a whole set of tools. You'll, you'll find that you call our, our line, our 222 3040 line, and, and someone actually picks up the phone and answers your questions uh, follows up with you. You have the experience of being a voter in this past pandemic, you know, cataclysmic year of, of, of an election that it was, right? Four major elections that went, you know, without a hitch, you know, happened really safely and smoothly for Rhode Islanders. Uh, that experience to them matters. And in fact, that's been one of the, one, one of the things that I've loved the most is to have people tell me, you know, no matter how they voted, whether they voted from home, they voted early in person, or they voted on election day. Thank you. You know, I loved voting that way. And and that's what government should be doing is, you know, I've, <laughs> I have actually business owners who tell me they love my website. They love, uh, you know, the business services division. I never thought I would ever hear business people uh, ever, in, even in Rhode Island, saying that they love a government office. Yeah. But they do, because... We have delivered to them a service and, and we've added value to their lives so that they can go and do whatever else they want. It could be a teacher who loves our civics and Rhode Island history curriculum. Instead of mandating something, I'm providing them with the resources that they can then use. So those are the reasons, I think. I mean, it's the, the biggest differentiator, not just with the governor, but with many of the other uh, gentlemen who are also you know, being considered uh, is, is experience and, and, and Rhode Islanders know, cause it's just, it's a small enough state, right? You, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And let's be honest about it. the other main candidates that'll be throwing their, their likely having announcements, hopefully without the balloons and all that. I mean, let's be real. It's, it's 2021, but is Providence mayor Lorza treasurer magaziner, who knows who else jumps in, uh, AG Narona has said he, multiple times in, in public and private on the record that there's no way he's running for governor ever. He doesn't want the job, but even with that pack of, of people, those, those men, that's the, they're all executive leaders in one way or another. I do think there's an argument to be made though, that secretary of state is interfaced a lot more with people than certainly Lieutenant governor and mayor of Providence. If you don't live in, in Providence and being mayor of Providence isn't always the best position to be in for a statewide audience. Yeah, no, I think, again, it's it's the experience that they've had with me as, as an elected official uh, that's really um, providing uh, a lot of support for my candidacy and, and, and that I do get it from regular people, regular Rhode Islanders everywhere I go. Uh, my kids don't love it as much because they try not to go to the store with me now because um, <laughs> it involves a lot of conversations with people as I as I could stop, even when I had a mask on, yeah. but, um, but I love it. I love the fact that, um, that we're showing Rhode Islanders, the government can work for them, uh, in a variety of ways. And, and by the way, I tell them, you know, I've done this with a team that is 
mostly the same state workers that, that were there when I came in uh, and, and are, you know, members of a labor union. Uh, they are, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 year state employees that under different leadership have performed differently. Do you welcome the notion that you would be amongst the more progressive candidates in a Democratic primary? Certainly, Governor McKee would would position himself in a more moderate, at least the the message would be, hi, I'm more moderate, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to try to suggest that you you and, and Mayor Lorza and Treasure Magazine are somehow on the far left. Do you welcome that in some in any way, shape, or form? I, I don't welcome labels. I think yeah. they're really they're childish and stereotypical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I value um, change in our society uh, as a good thing, uh, and and I think that there is a way about to bring that change in a way that that brings more people together. Than, than, than pits them against each other. And so, you know, I'm very pragmatic, uh, you know, about how I go about, you know, a- aspiring to change that hopefully brings about a better world for people. Do you see Rhode Island coming out of the pandemic? We've, we've actually heard Secretary mm-hmm. Pryor, I think it was when we were at TF Green, pardon me, Rhode Island TF Green International Airport located in Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, a couple of weeks ago, introducing Breeze Airways that were for the first time coming out in the lead of the pack in terms of out of a recession, how do we seize that opportunity now as a state in terms of bringing economic development, bringing cultural development, making people more engaged and proud of their state? That's something that the governor's office, uh, I know that the, the McKee administration is trying to do. How would you go about that? No, I, I think that the next few years um, are going to be absolutely pivotal in the history of our state for the next, you know, 25, 50 years. I do believe that we're in that moment. And it's a moment that requires new leadership and a new way of doing things. How we address issues like, you know, education, affordable housing, climate change, both the opportunities and the challenges of climate change are going to feed into what kind of a local economy we have and whether it's going to be more equitable and more just. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's what the next governor is going to have the opportunity to do. And it's part of the reason I relish uh, the opportunity to get out of, you know, get out of the gate first and, and, st- and, and start having those conversations honestly and candidly with Rhode Islanders. You were also first out of the gate in terms of reopening state government in person and Governor McKee has, has followed suit to a large extent in part Right now, we're seeing Speaker Shikarchi and President Ruggiero hesitant to open up the General Assembly to, in, in terms of general public access for testimony and so on and so forth. What led to your decision to open up, and do you believe that the state should be open in terms of government at this point in time fully? Yeah, no, I'm a, a full open government <laughs> person, <laughs> you know, whether it be, you know, if if Look, what really drove me uh, was the announcement by the governor saying that businesses could be fully operational and fully open. And so if that is the case for businesses, why isn't it for government? Uh, Businesses have to go through government for a number of things in their daily lives. And so I knew that my office was ready to go. 
And we kept asking, you know, what's, what's the plan? What's the plan? You know, the, what's interesting is that in the reporting, it kind of got focused on the state house. You know, there's a whole world of government uh, out there. And, and, and I went ahead and opened my state archives uh, office over on Way Bossett, one way Bossett. I, I went ahead and opened my uh, business services division, the elections division, IT, human services, HR. They're all over at my West River office. And, and we went ahead and opened June 1st. And, and I, you know, it's a credit to the team that I have in place that we were able to just very quickly uh, do that. Um, but, but that's what I think we should be doing across state government. And it also sets the standard for what local government can do. I mean, because we show that it's, that it's possible and it's feasible. And so there's a lot of reasons why, I mean, we have to lead by example at the state level and be, you know, facilitators of, of, of businesses being able or citizens being able to do what they want to get done. Absolutely. And if we're going to have the bars and restaurants open in Newport, I was there this past weekend, there must've been 10,000 people. It's like Times Square walking down Thames Street. You think, okay, people can testify about the sugary beverage tax in person at this point in time. It's time to move on. No, absolutely. I think what's more interesting is, uh, you know, how do we, for those who can't make it in person, preserve the opportunity of remote testifying and remote um, uh, witnessing of, of, of public uh, meetings. And that is a really interesting uh, problem because of just the storage. I, I look at it from the archives perspective. How do we store all of that visual and, and, and sound bites? Um, but, but it has been a great opportunity for many people to take a look at their governor, uh, government up close and personal, which I think has been great. If you're planning to get a COVID-19 vaccine, there are three ways to make that happen in Rhode Island. You can choose a state-run vaccination site, a regional or community-based clinic, or certain pharmacy locations. To learn more about all of these options, start at c19vaccineri.org. There, you'll find all the information and links you need to make a decision and to schedule an appointment. That's c19vaccineri.org. You've had a lot of detractors. It was actually somewhat bizarre. I mean, we've seen it on a, a national level, but I remember a couple of days after the presidential election being at the state board of election, there was a huge protest. Uh, there was a radio personality there and the crowd kind of rallying people up. And there was this whole chant that, you know, you, that Secretary Gorbea is corrupt. You're, I, I don't know if it's Jeffrey Epstein related or whatever. You, you, you threw the election. Uh, what's his name? Um, Bob Lancia said that when he went to bed, he was ahead by thousands of votes. And then when he woke up, somebody took those votes away from him. I tried to explain, well, those are mail ballots, et cetera. But what do you make of this, like this, this, this thing that's been put out there that you're somehow responsible for um, a, a, an invalid series of elections? How do you respond to those folks? Do you think you'll ever win them over? You know, I'm an optimist, so I will always try to deal with those people with respect and, and hope that we can have a conversation that helps them understand, you know, how safe and secure our elections are. I'm fortunate in that that's a very, very small minority here in Rhode Island, unlike in other states where some of my um, colleagues have been under, you know, watch because of, of threats and stuff. And, 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 I, and I give thanks every night that I'm an elected official 
in Rhode Island. Um, that, that protest happened at the Board of Elections. I thought it was rather amusing that they were calling for me to come out uh, because yeah. they clearly didn't quite understand that I that's a separate agency of government. Um, yeah. But 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 the more important issue here is the mistrust that is being fueled through the internet um, by people who just want to grab power no matter what. And, and the real work that has to be done in this country to provide civic education, something that we have started to tackle here in Rhode Island, um, and, and, and to provide opportunities for public discourse, for civil discourse, where we're not at each other's throats. And I hope that this gubernatorial cycle can help model that for sure. Um, that, that would be great. Um, but, but, I'm, but I think I'm, I'm fortunate in that the bulk of, of, of the experiences that I've had outside of that protest, for example, has been people coming up to me and saying, thank you for doing such a great job with this election. That's been absolutely overwhelming um, and it's great. It's, it's wonderful to see people be appreciative of the the hard work of, of our public servants. Last question. Let's say there's a scenario where you're huddled in a room for something. I don't know, whatever. But the, Governor McKee's there. Um, you've got his running mate in in theory, uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos there. But then you've also got Treasurer Magaziner in the room. And for some reason, Mayor Lorza and Dr. Munoz walk in. So basically, the Democratic field happens to be in the stateroom for something all good people in your mind can you get along can you can can government function in terms of of uh, that discourse being professional and and so forth even though you're going to be entering into a campaign that'll essentially pit a lot of our state officers against each other um in in the media and in, in public yeah no absolutely i mean and we have to be able to model that uh for others uh i take that that responsibility very seriously. And, um, you know, I, I think in Rhode Island, we do have, um, you know, fairly civil elections. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to promote that. I have to go at night to my kids and, and look at them in the eye and say, yep, we, we, we held our head up high and we, we did the work that we need to do. And we made the points that we need to make. Secretary of State Nelly Gorbea, she is in for governor of Rhode Island 2022. It's going to be a crowded field and it'll be a really fascinating uh, time for everybody who cares about this stuff um, to be a part of it. So thanks for the time. Thank you. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast.